so it all froze up. Just the 33 seconds to go, it stopped. And uh, so, you know, it is what it is, right? That's, that's just technology. Welcome to all of you. Good to have you. I don't know if that means uh, what that means over there, but welcome to those of you who are on the other side. Good to have you over there. This looks uh, pretty full in here. That's, so th there's room. We know that. That's on purpose. So now we have room to grow, and you can see that, so uh, not a problem. Uh, let's talk about a couple things before we uh, get to the other announcements. One is we started a new Sunday school class this morning. We had about 20 in our Sunday school class. That was exciting. A brand new couple visiting, and uh, so just wonderful things happening. If you are uh, in that category, so it's basically engaged to young marrieds, uh, typically uh, you know, under, under school age children, uh, you're invited to a Sunday school class that's meeting in my basement over there. Uh, if you, um, if you, you're probably going to get there before the teacher because it's uh, Sunday mornings and I'm always out here running around and you just have to kind of walk yourself into my house. It may feel awkward, but just go on in. You won't be the only one that does it. And you might be the first, but you won't be the only one that does that. So uh, just go on in. Secondly, uh, just as a reminder, or not a reminder, but so maybe let some of you know, uh, we've had a lot of difficult things happening this week. So uh, Brother Robert Murray was, uh, was diagnosed with bone cancer. And um, so just pray as we start to find out just what all that means and what all has to take place. And uh, that, that's um, a challenge for him. Uh, Brother Chuck Kravolka was uh, diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Uh, he said, I don't, I've never heard of this terminology, but he said it's called a liquid cancer, I suppose, as opposed to a mass. It's a liquid. Uh, so they'll be treating him. It's treatable, but not curable with treatment. They can give him 10 to 20 years. Uh, so it's treatable, not curable. So if you would pray for them as they begin that process. Part of that process will be pulling bone marrow out, infusing it with chemo, and then then putting the bone marrow back in, but that I think is not, that's like next fall when they would start doing that. So anyway, a lot of things to, kidney cancer might be in the bone. Thank you for that correction. Kidney cancer that they believe might have moved to the bone. So uh, they're going to remove the kidney, correct? Fourth of May. So they've got that part scheduled. So just pray about all of that as they find out more information. Is it up and running now, Miss Abby? All right, here we go. First time joining us, please stop by the Welcome Center. We would love to, to uh, welcome you officially, give you a gift. If you're joining online for the first time, you can scan the QR code, or you can contact us at sptnd.org slash contact and just let us know that uh, you're out there. Uh, starting today, we did the uh, Sunday School classes first. We're coming to a combined service, so this will be one time of preaching. So, uh, you know, if you came this morning at 9.30 hoping to hear me preach so you could go home and eat lunch, well, I don't know what to say. You're disappointed. But anyway, uh, so now we're starting the service at so 9.30 and then 10.45 is the morning worship. So uh, overflows in the fellowship hall. And we follow the Sundays. So today is the fourth Sunday. So it's S through Z. You'll see them on signs scattered around. Uh, next Sunday will be the first Sunday of the month. So we start at A through whatever it is. I can't remember. It doesn't divide out in even numbers because our congregation names don't divide out in even numbers. But that's why. So... Um, Anyway, let's go on. Uh, there's your Sunday school classes. If you don't know, you can see that. I think it's also on the table out there, so you can get that. Lawn care and landscaping is back up on us. So if you're interested in helping out with lawn care, that's not one of our parishioners, but that is exactly what our lawnmowers look like. We have two of those. And uh, if you don't know how to use them, we'll teach you how. But we have 15 acres of grass that we mow. 
and uh, it's not a one-person job. So uh, see Pastor Andrew, uh, let's see, it says, please meet, please met with Pastor Andrew after the morning service if you're interested. So I'm going to call it for right over here, Pastor Andrew, is that good? Sounds good, right over there, uh, meet with Pastor Andrew at the morning service. Tomorrow night is the all-church skate night. We do not have an opportunity to fellowship as a church uh, very often because we don't have the space. This is our biggest space in the building. And so uh, tomorrow night we're going skating. If I don't skate, Pastor John, then, all you, then you get to come and just watch and laugh at the rest of us as we do skate. Uh, it's a blast. You'll love it. And uh, so it's $5 if you want to skate, $2 if you're just going to sit and watch. Uh, that just covers the cost for the church, hopefully. And then uh, you can invite anybody you want to. It's not just from Southeast. You can invite anybody you want to to come and roller skate. It's a great time. Caregiver's Resource Class begins uh, on Thursdays, April the 6th. That's coming up soon. Uh, so 7 o'clock on Thursdays, see Miss Glenda if you have questions about that. Uh, celebrating Moms of Littles, that's kids with, that are 10 and under. If you're a mom of one of those, uh, you're invited by the Lady Center School class to join them on Friday, April 21st, 6 o'clock. They have appetizers, sandwiches, catered desserts, uh, blessings bags, and a skit, quiet uh, Q&A answer, Q&A time, question and answer time, whatever. And uh, then a special speaker by Miss Kelly Ruley. And Ladies Banquet's coming up on Friday, May the 12th at 6.30 p.m. The cost is $5 per person. Children free and under are free. Uh, we will need help, guys. We do the cooking and the serving. Uh, so if you are, especially I need some grill men, so if you are a grill man, please let me know. Uh, we have uh, three grills and need to probably get a fourth one, but um, uh, we'll be doing some grilling that night. So just sign up out there, let us know. You can put a grill beside your name if you want to, and that'd be great. And our missionaries of the week are Dave and Claudia Barba. I said Dave and Claudia Barba. Mark. Mark Seitz. Pay attention. Dave and Claudia just kidding. They, I can't really see them. I just wanted to scare them over. Well, how can pastors see us? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, no, I can't see them. Anyway, just uh, pray for Dave and Claudia. Uh, they have a couple things to share with. One of our supporting churches recently discovered a bookkeeping error and sent us back financial support. So I bought a new trombone. So if you know Brother Dave, he plays. And so he says, uh, that's an answer to prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, David. I don't know who David is, but uh, David probably knows who David is. Also, uh, in their current schedule coming up, they soon head to Charleston, South Carolina uh, to assist Foster Creek Baptist Church. Uh, this church is a beautiful, almost new building, but they were hit hard by COVID and need to reintroduce themselves to their community. So if you would pray for uh, Foster Creek Baptist Church and Brother Dave as they begin to, uh, to do that as well. I believe, maybe even this very week, marks three years since... We kind of got separated out for COVID, and uh, so three years later, here we are kind of getting things back to almost normal, and uh, so that's a joy. We're excited about what the Lord's doing. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. God, I thank you for the, the church that you've given us, the, the willingness that they have to just uh, allow you to uh, use them to grow in your grace. God, I pray that you would meet with us in a special way today, that we would be drawn to you, knowing that it's good to be in your house. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, choir. We do have a firm foundation, and that's Jesus Christ. We're going to sing about that this morning. If you would like to, and you're able, let's stand and sing together. We'll sing the same words, just a different tune from our hymnal, How Firm a Foundation. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore punishment suppose ye Shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace? For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But... Call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. 
For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. You may be seated. So another thing that we're uh, adding back is an actual offering time. I know that you may have gotten accustomed to the box and maybe you've already put them in there, and so you may say, I didn't come prepared for that, Pastor, but that's okay. We realized as we were kind of going through our prayer study on Wednesdays that one of the things that's kind of dropped away is praying for the offering. Um, and we believe that the offering is a part of worship. As you look in the scripture, uh, the, the concept of giving the offering was a part of the worship. And so we really want to kind of reincorporate the offering time into the worship. If you say, Pastor, I don't like touching that plate after 7,000 hands, fingers have been all over it, uh, that's fine, then pass it, you know, just skip it on to the next person and feel free to drop it in the box. But uh, we're going to be taking up an offering. We have always kept the offertory so with the idea that this would come back. So I'm going to ask the men to come forward and uh, we'll... We'll eventually get a microphone down there so that I can have one of you guys pray, but uh, I'll pray today since we did not do that. We have people taking up the offering over there as well, so uh, thank you for them to do that. Father, we rejoice in the opportunity to worship you in giving yet again, and it's, the church has been faithful to do that, and we thank you for that, but to just make it a notable part of our worship, uh, we thank you for that. Thank you for the privilege we have of it. And we ask that you would bless the offering that would be used wisely to bring glory and honor to your name, to meet the needs of this, this congregation and beyond. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you, Miss Anna. This world is not our home, right? We're just passing through. And a great encouragement. Thank you, Miss Anna, for that song. We'll keep singing about Jesus Christ being our foundation. The church's foundation is Jesus Christ. So you can remain seated as we sing the church's one foundation. The church is one foundation.
let's go and stand for our last song. This morning we've been learning this song all month. Jesus, strong and kind, wants us to come to him. We'll sing all the verses in the chorus, and we'll repeat the chorus at the end, a cappella. Jesus said that if I first I should come to
lights on high. Take your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to be in a few different places today, but I'll have you turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're getting ready for Easter, spring break, all that kind of stuff. How many of you are on spring break right now? You're already on spring break. I feel sorry for you. I mean, I do feel sorry for you, because it's been a lousy spring break thus far, unless you went someplace else, because it's been cold and wet and everything else. But it's starting to warm up, the sunshine out there, that kind of stuff. But with Easter, uh, we, we, there's a theme, a running theme, right? So we've got a lot of things to deal with. We've got the crucifixion, and we have the resurrection. That's coming up in our themes as we deal with those things. But we're going to look today just at the cross in general uh, and how it impacts our lives as Christians. So, by the way, you can look around and see who's here, what's here. And we have about 45 to 50 or so over there in the other room. And so if you brought them over here, uh, somebody said to me this, just this morning, this is comfortable church, and that's the idea, is to make it comfortable so that we have room to grow comfortably. Uncomfortable church, when people are crowded statistically, I know you are different, right? I know that, I'm, I mean this sincerely, I think Southeast Baptist would come and be uncomfortable for an hour a week and not, not be that uh, impacted by it, but statistically, if people... Don't feel comfortable sitting in church. Uh, they might do that for Easter. They might do that for Christmas, but they won't do it every week. They just won't. Uh, 80% full is considered full. And so they tell you when you're 80% full, you should plan on building. We've always take the pro- taken the concept that that would only count for Sunday night, right? If we were 80% full on Sunday night, but I'm going to tell you, this is pretty close to what a Sunday night church service looks like. So we're getting close to that. I don't know what happens next. I don't know. The Lord does. Uh, I'm not, I don't have time to worry about that right now. So, but I'm just excited about what the Lord's doing. So we're, we're looking at Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Father, as we consider the cross today, as we consider what it means for us to 
be impacted by the death of your son, by what it means for our lives to be dead in Christ and alive unto you through Christ. I pray that the cross would be a difference maker for our lives, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. There's an old gospel song uh, out there. If you know it, you're welcome to sing it with me as I uh, start to sing it, but it's called The Old Rugged Cross Made the Difference. You guys know that song? And uh, it's got a powerful message to it, and, and so it kind of jump. it's the jumping point, really, of this concept here with the Apostle Paul, that we should glory that we should glory not in ourselves, not in what this life has to offer, but we should glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I wonder if we've really honestly embraced the cross of Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm going to sing the song and then we'll uh, get into the message. T'was a life filled with aimless desperation. You guys don't know that? Without hope walked the shell of a man me, that was uh, June 5th, 1977, as I'm approaching the cross as a 16-year-old teenager coming to know Jesus Christ. Then a hand with a nail print stretched downward, just one touch, and a new life began, and the old rugged cross made the difference in a life bound for heartache. And defeat. I will praise him forever and ever, for the cross made the difference in me. Have you ever wondered where you'd be had it not been for the cross? Where would you be had it not been for that opportunity to meet Jesus Christ and let the cross of Jesus Christ make a difference? Well, I want to I want to show you some areas that we need to glory, and the obvious one is our salvation, right? The cross brings us salvation. Galatians chapter 3 says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And here's where that's written. It's in Deuteronomy. It says it this way, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree... His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. And literally, the Bible says that Jesus Christ became sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The old rugged cross is what makes the difference. He was hung on a tree, he was cursed, he was wounded for our for our iniquities, he was bruised, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's what happens when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. You can, you can kind of see as you look back, it, it's easy to look back and see it, but you can see how God was working and causing your path, the path of your life, to head straight toward the cross of Jesus Christ. And, you know, for me, it was, it was, the seed was first sown when I was about probably five, that I remember anyway, as I went to a vacation Bible school, six years old. And I remember hearing about Jesus then, so much so that I raised my hand about it, and then something happened, I don't know, it scared me half to death. They grabbed my hand and took me and talked to me, and I just wanted to go back to my seat, you know. But 
having said that, that was where it started. And then no, no church functions in between. We, we were not a, church, a church-going family at the time. And, and uh, so, you know, but along about 12 or so, my mom and dad, who had been married for 26 years and a baby of six kids, got a divorce. And it drove me. I started searching. I, I, wanted, I wanted God to do something to fix my family. So I started going to church. And so now I'm 13, 14, 15. I'm hearing about the cross. I'm hearing about the cross. But it took a while for it to sink in that it was something personal. It wasn't something that my family could do for me. It wasn't going to church about what I was going to do for myself. It was about the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross was the difference maker. And that's what was missing. Finally, as a 16-year-old kid, I came forward in the church service and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I put my faith, my trust in what he did on the cross as the payment for my sin debt. And salvation became mine. And I became a new person. I became a living, vibrant stone, the Bible says. And, uh, and I became alive unto God. And so I'm asking you today, have you done that? Have you trusted Jesus Christ your Savior? That's the difference maker. You say, what is it with all these Christians? What, 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 what makes it possible for them to be able to have joy when they're getting bad news, like cancer, when they're getting bad news. By the way, we just took uh, Brian Walker to the hospital. He's, he's, uh, he's scheduled to have uh, an ablation because he has uh, AFib, but the AFib was kicking in this morning, and he's not had the, a- the uh, ablation yet. So pray for him. He, he's out to hopefully medicate him and get things taken care of until they get to that ablation point. But uh, just pray for him as he's there. But, uh, you know, the cross, what, what allows Christians to, to be able to see these things that are going on and still find joy unspeakable and full of glory? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. Because we have placed our confidence, our faith, our trust in what Jesus did on the cross as the payment for our sins. So I ask you, have you done that? That's one thing. The old rugged cross makes the difference. It makes the difference in, in my ability to view eternity. I don't face it the same way anymore. I don't... While I'm not looking forward to dying, I am looking forward to what comes after death. You understand? The experience of dying doesn't thrill me. I'm just being honest. I've watched it many times, and I'm, it doesn't thrill me. But I know what comes after. And I, I'm just... Uh, I, 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 there's two ways. I, would, I wouldn't mind just right now if the Lord just... If I just dropped over, it'd be awful for you. I'd hate that to happen to you. But if I just dropped over dead, I'm in heaven... That'd be great. I don't have to go through all of the slow-down process of death, right? Uh, that, that's a tough one. The flip side is, I remember when Bill Sloan you know, was diagnosed with his cancer, and you know, God gave him several months to be able to talk to people and, and tell, witness and just share the, the glory of the cross with other people. And I thought, you know, that's another great way to go. What I really don't want to have happen is where I just slowly fade into non-existence because I've forgotten who I am and where I am. and That's what I don't want to happen, but that's up to the Lord too, right? It is. It's up to the Lord. I don't look forward to any of these processes, but I do look forward to what's after it. And that changes everything. The cross changes it all. But there's a second thing uh, that the cross does for us. In Romans chapter 6, it says this, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. See, when we, when we accept the death of Jesus Christ on the cross as the payment for our sins, then our old man, our sinful man, our old nature is crucified along with Jesus Christ. The sin debt is taken care of. It says our old man was crucified with him 
that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, from that point forward, June 5th, 1977 forward, we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So the second thing that we get in this wonderful thing of the cross is that we get victory over sin. We ought then, as Christians, be able to take our sins to the cross, to be nailed, literally, the Bible says, he nails our sins to his cross, so that we don't have to carry them anymore. We can actually start having victory over this flesh. That's a, it's a battle we, we fight every day. But here's what the Apostle Paul goes on to say, uh, as he's writing, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. The idea is that, you know, yes, maybe I'm the only human being in the room, I don't think so, but, uh, you know, do you just feel frustrated sometimes with how sin just keeps coming back up in your life and coming back up in your life and coming back up in your life? And it's a daily battle, right? We get up every day and we, we allow the, the sin that we're carrying around to be nailed to his cross. I die daily, the Apostle Paul says. But through the cross of Jesus Christ, we hence no, no longer live unto ourselves. We live now to the Lord. The, the cross is the, is the vehicle, if you'll let me use that term, the vehicle by which we can achieve victory over sin. So the first question was, have you trusted Jesus Christ your Savior? The second question is for the Christian. Christian, are you finding victory over sin in your life? If not, then we need to change our view of the cross. Because do we believe that the old rugged cross makes the difference? It changes us. It allows us to have power through Jesus Christ to say no to sin and yes to righteousness, we die daily. The Apostle Paul goes on that same passage where he says, I die daily. He says, I now then can awake to righteousness and sin not. And that's, that's the ability we've been given in Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a hard thing for us to comprehend. But if we were so willing to surrender our entire self to the power of the cross, it is possible not to sin. It is possible through the power of Jesus Christ not to sin. Now, we're like the Apostle Paul. We're still fighting this inward battle, and so the things we know we shouldn't do, we do, and things we know we should do, we don't do. We're fighting that battle, but we have been empowered through the cross to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. So we, that power is in us. Are we finding victory over sin? If not, I want us to change. I want us to change our view of the cross. The cross is the vehicle that God has given us. We can come to the cross every day, nail our sins to the cross, and let his death be the payment for those, those sins in a practical way. It's already done in a judicial way, right? We stand forgiven. We stand justified, sanctified, glorified. That's our standing. That's the judicial part. But in a practical way, we can find victory over sin daily. Here's another way the cross impacts our lives. It doesn't just impact my, it doesn't merely impact my eternal state. It doesn't merely impact my ability to 
say no to sin, but it has a daily impact on the way I live my life. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, and, he, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Are we now living unto him? So the next concept of the cross is that it, it enables us to serve. You see, apart from, apart from the cross, if I were, as an unsaved person, never having, been, never having been impacted by the cross of Jesus Christ, if I were to do something good, if I were to do something nice, if I were to give money or to help someone or to read my Bible or to pray, you know what the Bible says about my work at that moment? All of our righteousnesses, all of our good works, are as filthy rags. They're tainted by the fact that we're still living in our sin. We, we have nothing. But in Christ, now I can actually serve, and it means something. I can serve, and it has meaning to it. So now when I give that dollar to the missionary, God takes it and blesses it. Now when I, when I give that, you know, cup of cold water in Jesus' name. God causes that cup of cold water to go beyond what I ever imagined. God takes now what would have once been an empty, useless work because it was done without the righteousness of God. But now through the cross, every good work that we do becomes magnified by the cross of Jesus Christ. So not only do I have victory over sin, but my service now means something. I can do something. Listen, I you know, we take up an offering. I don't say this very often, but every time I talk about it, I say the same thing, pretty much. We take up an offering, not because God needs your money. He doesn't. God doesn't need anything from us. Do you understand? If, if, if everybody in this church decided to quit giving, that doesn't mean that Southeast Baptist closed down. This is God's church. It's his, right? It's his church. We don't give because the church is in great need. We don't give because God's broke without us. We give because God wants to bless us. And now in the cross of Jesus Christ, I can give and God takes the little that we're able to give and multiplies it so that it does much more than we ever imagined it could possibly do. That cup of cold water that's given in Jesus' name has meaning to it when Jesus' name is attached to it. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, we can serve. So that's bringing me to my third question. Are we serving the Savior? That's what we're saved to do, why we're left here. Are we serving our Savior? Are we allowing our lives to be yielded through the cross of Jesus Christ in such a way that now we are serving? We're not serving so that we can get. We're not serving because, but we're serving because we love the Lord Jesus Christ We've been touched by the cross of Jesus Christ. We're finding victory over sin, and now we're able to see him use us in a, in a unique and powerful way. Fourthly, the cross impacts our attitudes. This is what Philippians 2 says. And being found in fashion as a man, he, men know the next word, not looking, <laughs> humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. So here's Jesus Christ. He became a human being for the very purpose of showing us that 
a human being empowered by God can accomplish God's work. Now, he could have just come and died the same day, right? He was the son of God. He could have come and died and, and still paid for our sins. But he lived out a life on this earth, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, the Bible says. He did this so that he can show us, here's what it looks like for a human being to be empowered by God Almighty. And so when we come to the cross, we are then empowered through the Holy Spirit of God, and that begins to change our attitudes. And so let me ask you this question. Question number four. How do we respond to criticism and ridicule? Would we, like Jesus, humble ourselves and become obedient to the Lord regardless of criticism? That's what Jesus did. I mean, he was, he was mocked and ridiculed and beaten and, and uh, made fun of the whole, for his whole ministry, but especially that trip to, uh, to Calvary where he's heading to, to be hung on that cross for us. Are we willing, are we willing to allow our attitude to be so impacted by the cross that we humble ourselves? Are we ready to get past the idea that the world owes us, that the church owes us, that uh, the government owes us, and instead humble ourselves to a willingness to be used by God so that our attitudes are impacted by the cross? What, what attitude do we need to, to let Christ nail to his cross today and let it be impacted by, by that? Another one. The cross impacts our values. We're going back to our first verse, which is Galatians chapter 6. Verse 14 says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. Listen to what it says. The world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Hey, listen, I used to live under a different set of values. I used to think that the most important thing in life was what I wanted most important thing with life was what I thought. It was all about me. But when I came to the cross, I became crucified to the world and the world unto me. And, and no longer is the world being that which determines the direction of my life. We're in this circumstance as, as a society where, you know, we're, the, uh, society is following after some really crazy notions that we would have never imagined would have been in our day. You know, for those of us who have some age on us, we would have never imagined we'd get to this point. But now the problem is that within the church, God's people are not being so fully impacted by the cross that they're putting their value system on the cross. And so we're trying to, we're trying to be, saved, you know, be saved through the cross, but live out the world's value system. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. In the cross, I am crucified into the world and the world into me. There's now a new way to think. There's nothing more important than, in fact, Jesus put it this way, the greatest commandment is this, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likened to it, what is it? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Whole new value system. You see, getting money, collecting things, 
having a nice job, having prestige, that's no longer the target goal for the Christian. The target goal for the Christian is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And second, and likened to it, is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Those overpower every other value that we, we once had. In the cross of Jesus Christ, I am crucified into the world and the world into me. Which brings me to this next question. Who determines the direction of your life? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it, is it the Word of God? We were talking in my Sunday school class. You know, I, um, we just started our new Sunday school class and had a couple of people that were kind of in there for the first time and they've not been around me much. And I said this and, and I saw some shocked looks, even from people who know me, some shocked looks on their face. It's okay to disagree with your pastor. You know why? Because your pastor is just a human being like everybody else. But what we do is we come together as a central class around this book, and if we find the answer here, this is what we agree to follow. Because it's not about your pastor, it's not about the church, it's not about what you think. It's about what does God's Word say. Now, if God's Word doesn't have an opinion on it, you know, whether or not you can eat meat that's been sacrificed to an idol or not eat meat that's been sacrificed to an idol. Remember that debate in Romans chapter 14? If God's Word doesn't have an opinion, you know what? You're allowed to disagree. Wow, that's a new concept in a lot of Baptist churches. You're allowed to disagree. You are. You're allowed to disagree. But what we need to understand is that this book becomes our value system. If this book says it, it is better to obey God rather than men. That becomes my value system. That's a challenge. It's not going to be easy. But it is going to be the answer to the next generation coming up. You want to help your grandkids? Find this book as your value system. You want to help your kids? Teach this value system, not the world's. And so are our values being impacted by the cross? And lastly, our relationships. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Our relationships are impacted by the cross of Jesus Christ. That day that you came to the cross and you said, Lord, please forgive me, I'm a sinner. I'm trusting your son and what he did on the cross as a payment for my sin. That day you were touched by the grace of God, changed, and everything has begun to change. And your relationships, you may not have known it then, but your relationships were included. And it's no longer right to continue the old way of relating to people in God's economy. If you would just do a study of one anothering in the scripture, you know, we're to love one another, we're to bless one another, we're to encourage one another, we're to comfort one another, we're to teach one another, we're to admonish one another. I mean, there's a whole list in the scripture that we, it, because our relationship is now impacted. I'm no longer the person I was. And I'm not supposed to follow the person that I was. I'm now impacted by the cross of Jesus Christ. And the old red cross made the difference. In a life bound for heartache and defeat, I will praise him forever and ever. For the cross made a difference in me. Has it made a difference in you? Heads out, eyes closed, please. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's the first question, right? Have we come to the cross for salvation? If you died today, would you enter into heaven, into the presence of God, 
Because the cross of Jesus Christ is carrying your sin debt. Is that your reality? If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I, can I give you some wonderful news? There's a God in heaven who loves you. And his desire is for you to come to know his Son as your personal Savior. How do you do that, Pastor John? The Bible says this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment, you can place your faith, your trust, your confidence in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as the payment for your sin. And the God who cannot lie will give you the gift of eternal life. Would you do that right now? Second question was, Christians, have we been so impacted by the cross let me just kind of sum up it together, that we're finding victory in sin, over sin. If not, can I encourage us to allow the power of the cross to become so potent in our lives that we're finding victory over sin that doth so easily beset us? Is our, our daily lives being impacted by our service to Jesus Christ? Are we serving him? Are we doing for him now that he has done so much for us? How about our attitudes? Do we need to put some attitudes on the cross and let them be impacted by the cross? Our value system, our relationships. Say, Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. That's not the issue. I know I'm on way to heaven. But Pastor, I have to be honest, whether it's values, whether it's relationships, whether it's you know, my service, uh, there's gaps in what the, what the cross of Jesus Christ could and should be doing in my life. And Pastor, I need to get some things right with God today concerning the impact that the cross is having upon my life. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is anyone over the other room? I don't know. Father, I ask God that today we would live in light of the cross, that we would, would remember and, and be convinced of the power of Jesus Christ and his blood, what it does for us. Help us to glory in the cross as we live out of Krishna. For these several that have raised their hand, be with each one, give boldness and courage. If there's anyone here that does not know your son, may today be the day that they understand how desperately you love their soul. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. The invitation works like this. If you'd like to step out and pray on your own, the altar's open to you. We invite you to do so. Do business with the Lord. If you'd like to talk to someone, you can uh, meet me down front. We'll... Get someone to talk to, uh, take you aside privately and talk to you and let you know uh, how we might be able to uh, uh, point you to the things of the cross and what God can do and will do for you if you just ask him. Let's stand together. We're going to sing, He leadeth me, He leadeth me. As we sing, you step out, let the Lord have his way, would you?
Well, I think we survived our first Sunday without too many major issues. Did you guys survive over there? Holler real loud so we can hear you. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that, uh, that works out. It allows us this much space, and there's space over there for another uh, 70 people, probably, if we pack them in, uh, to grow. And uh, we just need... Now, I will tell you, my Sunday school class is getting full already. That might be another issue, but that's a, that's a different story to, to deal with. All right? Anything else we're supposed to announce? Mowing, lawn mowing. If you are interested in helping out with that kind of thing, meet Pastor Andrew right over here. Deacons, don't forget we're meeting uh, in the back. And uh, the Lord bless you, keep you. May His face shine upon you, give you peace. I love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed.